title of my message tonight is Christmas Intruders. A lot of times uh, during this time of year, we might have some uninvited guests. We might have someone pop over, or maybe there's a few relatives um, that you didn't anticipate being on your guest list, and they come, and, and they're not your favorite people, and they might be uninvited, but most of us still dig down uh, into our the best of ourselves and the best of our Christian nature and, and decide that we're going to be hospitable anyway. We're going to offer grace and mercy and, and share with those uninvited guests or the ones that are a challenge to us, our lives and our homes anyway. Those aren't the kinds of guests I'm talking about tonight. I'm talking about things that sometimes can come in when we're not quite paying attention. And we could use the picture of the door being left open. Have any of you ever accidentally left a door open too long? Maybe it was your patio door or the front door, or uh, we have a garage door that comes in from our garage into our house. And sometimes that gets left open. But some pretty scary stuff can come in if we leave the door open. I remember well one time when I was a young man, a house that we had, uh, one of the houses we lived in growing up, it was out in the country. My dad built that home. Uh, on what was just months before uh, the completion of the home, uh, a cornfield. It was very un, uh, you know, inhabited land, so to speak. And so you can imagine what that meant. Well, one night we were sitting, uh, it was a summer evening, I remember we were sitting uh, in the kitchen, uh, at the kitchen table, had just probably finished dinner, I think, and... Uh, my dad was across the table from me. Um, he would be sitting where, where you are looking at me. And he looked was looking over my shoulder down the hallway uh, towards the living room and just had this weird look on his face. Well, right along the floorboards of the hallway was a very large uh, bull snake that had somehow gotten in our house. And that was scary. And we must have just left that patio door open a crack, and that snake decided, hey, it's a, it's a lot nicer in here than wherever he was. Um, and, you know, the story of tracking that thing down and trapping it and get, getting it out of there was, was really interesting. But that's what happens when we leave the door open, even if we didn't know it's been open. I'm sure you have some stories of your own where all kinds of things have come in. Uh, but to be honest, uh, none of us, in this day and age anyway, depending on where you live, would intentionally uh, leave the door open at night and go to bed. You'd lock the door, you'd shut it, you'd make sure the deadbolt's there, you'd make sure you have your security light on because you don't want anything to come in that doesn't belong. So, there's three intruders, three Christmas intruders I want to talk about tonight that, that so easily come in this time of year, uh, this Christmas season. And I think we all, if we're honest, we admit that we um, turn around and find that they, they have come in. And I just want to address those very honestly and 
talk about some practical ways we can be aware of that and try to avoid it. And the first intruder is the intruder of performance. The second intruder is the intruder of pressure. And the third intruder is the intruder of perfection. Performance. When we embrace the fear of not being good enough, not measuring up, that opens the door to the performance intruder. And when this intruder is allowed in, we have to be sure we have earned our way into people's good graces. Uh, we use good behavior as a leverage for kids to earn their Christmas presents. Uh, we evaluate our own behavior on whether our church attendance has been up to snuff or whether we're giving enough to charity or whether we're living up to some almost unrealistic uh, level of expectation to determine our worth and value. And that can take our eyes off the truth of where we need to be focused. God's Word says this in Romans 9, 16, so it is God who decides to show mercy. We can neither choose it nor work for it. And Titus 3, 5 says, He saved us not on the basis of deeds, which we have done in righteousness, but according to His mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. And then finally in Ephesians 2, 8, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. There's nothing we do to earn God's love or grace. There's nothing that we need to be so hyper-focused on performance to seek the approval of anyone or seek the approval of the Lord. And let's remember, it isn't what we do for others around the holidays that counts. It's knowing who we are in Christ, and then out of that, serving others in love. And that identity will keep us grounded in truth. It sounds pretty simple, but it's a fight this time of year. It's a wrestling uh, match that we have to have and, and come clean and say, Lord, I have elevated this sense of my worth from um, you know, a performance, and I want to put that back down and get my eyes back on you. So here's some simple action steps that will help us keep that intruder, the intruder of uh, performance out of our homes. Uh, number one, sounds really simple, but stay rooted in God's word as a navigational anchor of stability. The more of the simple truth of the gospel that shines in us, the more likely we will be able to keep the door closed to the intruder of performance. Parents, listen, talk to your kids about the Christmas myths that play into this idea. You better watch out. <laughs> You better not cry, right? Uh, you better be good or you're not getting any presents. Um, just help them understand that gifts are gifts of love from the heart. And it's doing the best we can, no strings attached. Gifts aren't a reward for anything. They're just an example of God's free gift of salvation. My favorite gifts from my daughter are the simple things that she just makes. She just draws a picture she does something special that has an emotional connection to our relationship and says, here, Daddy, I love you. Here's an idea. This is, a, this is a wild idea for some of you out there, and it would be a big challenge. 
but just be bold enough to see if your family can escape the pressure of gift exchanges altogether. You don't have to give presents. Just invest in special moments, spend time together, making memories. Keep the holiday sacred, keep it holy through times of personal worship and prayer, enjoying each other around food, around the table. You don't have to go spend money or try to get involved in everyone giving a gift. And finally, turn outward. This is a real healthy thing. Focus on blessing someone in need, within your means, of course, and listen to the Lord and be led. God, show us someone that needs to be blessed and, and help us to figure out how to help them. Keep the focus to a few individuals and find freedom in that simplicity. So, so that's the intruder of performance. The second one is the intruder of pressure that comes in when we leave the door open. It's so easy to let the intruder of pressure in and overtake our mindset this time of year, for sure. This pressure that I'm talking about is the pressure created by guilt and shame-driven generosity. Huge pressure that we can succumb to this time of year. During the Christmas season, it seems like everywhere you turn, a charitable organization is asking for money. Every ministry is sending you their uh, year-end giving letters, uh, every cashier at every checkout says, would you like to make a donation to this today? So just like the intruder of performance, the intruder of pressure to give out of guilt will steal the true joy and meaning of Christmas from us. But God's word says this. 1 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8, and verses 10 and 11. We often uh, reflect on these passages when we're trying to teach uh, believers on giving and bringing their tithes and offerings, but the principles and the freedom and the grace here should apply to, to us all year long, especially at Christmas. He says this, Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And I want to stop there and say, don't mistake that for, well, I need to give extravagantly beyond my means or I won't reap anything. That's not what it's saying. He says, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. I'll comment on that at the end here. But each one, that's where we find that individuality. Each one must do as he or she has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Listen, it isn't about keeping up with other gifts, um, doing what it looks like someone else is doing, being pressured by uh, social media feeds and whatnot. And verse 8, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good need. The grace of God is there for us to have what we need when we need it, as long as we're giving and sowing seed. Verse 10, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will, that's a promise, supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. Notice what this is and what this isn't. This isn't guilt-driven giving. It's kingdom seed. 
driven. Think about that. It's not driven by guilt or compulsion, but the driving force, the underlying principle, the truth here is that it's kingdom seed and it's soaked in the grace of God. So here's the, here's the thing. There's a growth path for everyone when grace is involved. Whether I can give a simple handmade card, you know, some change out of my pocket, a kind gesture, or whether I have the means to bless someone with an entire home or a car or pay off their um, kid's college education, whatever it is. So think about this. If we re reshape our understanding of giving, if all our acts of giving are to be viewed as seed and the seed is supplied by God, then we should be freed up to joyfully give from a cheerful heart of generosity. Even if we have little to give, and if our financial priorities in order, and that's a big one, and we aren't drowning in consumer debt, we really become free to give as led by the Lord into every good work. Listen, that's going to be a challenge to many of you who are listening. Um, we really can't be freed from this whole pressure and compulsion if we're constantly chasing uh, debt that's beyond our means. We've got ourselves into debt. So, um, do yourself a favor, get connected with some simple action steps like Dave Ramsey to get uh, control of that debt. Um, let's stop giving uh, by credit card and give only what's within our budget. And that will liberate us tremendously. Because I want to have the abundance that God talks about uh, and be ready to give into every good work. And I don't want to be paying um, interest on a credit card or or, or I heard this on TV the other day that a large percentage, I want to say 80% of, of America to this day still haven't paid off last year's Christmas, which, wow, that just kind of blows my mind. So here's some simple uh, action steps to be uh, delivered from the um, intruder of, of uh, pressure. So understand generosity isn't the same for everyone. It's a matter between you and God. So prayerfully arrive at what is within your means and within your budget to give. Secondly, build your giving, your Christmas giving into your budget. Just consider it an annual opportunity to give and plan out your year. Budget accordingly the best you can do so it doesn't come as a last minute pressure. Those are good practical tips to alleviate that. So finally, the last intruder is the intruder of perfection. The intruder of perfection comes in as we try to keep up appearances, as we try to pretend we have everything together. I'm pretty sure given the way the year has gone, 2020, we can say it hasn't been so perfect. And maybe we're getting used to things not going so perfectly. But still, there's this false narrative of the perfect Christmas. It's in our social media feeds, the big influencers, the party planners, the decorators. It's on HGTV. Um, it's, just, it's just there. And even some of our family traditions, we have this huge um, uh, myth that everything's gonna be perfect. Our relatives are gonna come over, everyone's gonna get along, uh, no one's gonna burn the the pot roast or turkey or whatever you have, 
You know, the dog's not gonna, you know, destroy the Christmas tree. And look, that stuff happens as part of life. But God's word says this. And it shows us where we should be looking and where we should be thinking. 1 Samuel 16, 7b. For God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Let's think about the purity of our hearts, not the appearance of our, of our perfect lives or our perfect Christmas. Colossians 3, 17 is just a simple truth that should set us free. In this, and it says, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. It really simplifies it for us, doesn't it? I, I just need to, to make my life, the things that I say, the things that I do, I do them in the name of the Lord and, and thank him for allowing me to do those things in service and ministry to him. I'm not striving to be perfect in the eyes of anyone else. Uh, I'm, I'm living my life in a way that my heart is pure and transparent before him. So this whole anxiety that comes, this whole uh, pressure, this perfectionism, it can cause a lot of stress and it can cause physical um, issues, um, heart issues, um, all kinds of things because we're carrying uh, something we don't need to carry, something we don't need to have this anxious anxiety for. God's word encourages us uh, to be anxious for nothing in Philippians 4, 6. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Look, here's a practical um, expression of this verse as a prayer. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity you've given me to minister to my family, to enjoy Christmas. And Lord, I'm asking, I'm requesting that you be with us, that your hand be on everything that we do. Not that it go perfectly according to my plan, but that we would always recognize that you're at the center of it. And then let it go. Here's a few uh, simple action steps about this particular intruder, uh, this perfectionistic in intruder. Just let go of perfection. Keep realistic expectations. Look, things aren't going to be perfect. It's okay. No one's perfect. We're all imperfect. And a little grace, love, and understanding goes a long way in both our attitude towards others and towards ourselves. You need to give yourself a break. You need to love yourself enough to know that I'm not going to be driven crazy by a, a to-do list that I can't accomplish by having to put on the perfect party for my family and friends or whatever, whatever it is in your life. Think about that. Worrying, taking on the stress, it is not going to change anything. So don't do it. Let's close the door to all these intruders this season. And if they've already come in and I have a suspicion, they may have because I've recognized them in my own home and life already. 
And I say we kick them out tonight. Here's a really simple verse that kind of just breathes it all out. It's like the world's most simple uh, mission statement. Romans 13, 8, just the first part of that says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. Hey, I love you. I pray God's highest and best for you, but I'm not going to be driven by anyone else's agenda. I'm going to serve and worship the Lord, and I'm going to do my best to love you and serve you. But you know what? I'm not going to be perfect. Uh, I'm going to make a mistake. I might buy you the wrong present. I might not get you a present because I just can't get everybody presents. Uh, There just might be some balls in my life that get dropped, some plates that are spinning that come crashing to the ground. And you know what? We need to let them crash. And we need to walk in, in the pace that God has called us and not be driven by any of these ideas that come in as Christmas intruders. And I think if we could all do that, it would go a long way to getting us, getting us back to the heart of Christmas. So let's recapture the purity of the holiday that oftentimes only shines through in the darkest of times, in the bleakest of situations. I'm sure many of you have heard the stories or read the books, the Laura Ingalls Wilder books, the, the Little House on the Prairie uh, show was based on those. And I just remember how little that they had, but how, how I, I literally saw and smelled and tasted the things that she would describe in her writing uh, that occurred on those Christmases where they had little, just the, the little one piece of fudge or whatever their mom was able to give them. They would savor that and the, the little carving that Pa made and, and gave them as the toy. And we've heard stories of people living through the great wars and how when it really comes down to it, when we have each other and we trust in the Lord, those are the things that are important about Christmas. And I guarantee you, because of our prosperity and because of our abundance in this nation, it's so easy to let these intruders come in. And let's be real. They actually become idols and they receive our worship and we need to repent of that and we need to say, Jesus, you are the only Lord. You're the only God that I'm going to worship during this time, during this season. Let's not let our prosperity and abundance cause us to lose sight of the gift of the Savior of the world, Jesus, the miracle of the Incarnation that first Christmas that we celebrate this time of year and every day in our hearts. Let's just pray together as I finish this message tonight. Lord, we just take time out to quiet our hearts and to reflect. And I know There's people that probably already jumped off this stream because they had these pressures come upon them, things they had to do. And I just thank you for the ones that are still here that are saying, wow, Lord, you've spoken to me about this.
And while these are going to be challenging things for me to embrace and apply to my life, I'm going to walk out with pulling on your grace, extending faith to make sure these intruders aren't ruling the Christmas in my home and in my family. And Lord, I ask you to touch every heart, every person, as they as they evaluate, as they consider these areas, and as they commit and dedicate to keep Christmas uh, free of these intruders, to not be driven by performance, to not succumb to pressure, to give, to not hold this idea of perfectionism that is not real a reality. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving us when we've missed it. And I pray that everyone has just a rich, simple, Christ-centered, Jesus-focused, grace-filled Christmas season. In Jesus' name, amen.